Dunker Punks, have you encountered a word that you just can't pronounce? Or one that you really dislike so much that you cringe whenever you hear it used? Think about those buzzwords as you prepare to listen for more words in this episode of the Dunker Punks podcast. I don't want to be rich, don't want to be popular, don't want to be selfish, no. I don't want to be a goat, don't want to be ignorant, don't want to be blindfolded, I just want to be countercultural. I don't want to be violent, don't want to have a vendetta. Wanna be vengeful? No. I don't wanna be a soldier. Don't wanna be militaristic. Don't wanna help that cycle. I just wanna be a countercultural pacifist. I don't wanna be a racist. Don't wanna be a capitalist. Don't wanna be sexist. No. I don't want to pass judgment, don't want to hold grudges, don't want to be hateful, I just want to be a countercultural, pacifistic, unconditional lover. I don't want to shop at Walmart, don't want to grow Monsanto, don't want to drink Coca-Cola, no. I don't want to burn petrol, don't want to eat perfect fruit, don't want to feel guilty, I just want to be a countercultural, pacifistic, unconditionally loving, organic gardener. I want to be authentic, I want to be radical, I want to be optimistic, honest, beautiful, I want to be humble, I want to be progressive, I want to be open, I'm inspiration. I wanna be like John Wesley, or Sarah Major, or Anna Mao. I wanna be like Martin Luther, or Martin Luther King Jr. Like Santa Claus, Johnny Appleseed, Dirk Berlin, or Gandhi, Alexander Mack, John Klein, George Fox, or Jesus Christ. But mostly, I just wanna be me. Welcome listeners, this is Nancy Fitzgerald, your host, and I am stumbling over words today, both their sounds and their meaning. Do you struggle like that? Whenever I encounter a word whose definition I am unsure of, I first press it or highlight it. It's a reflex. I am so used to my Kindle app with its preloaded dictionary that I find myself spoiled by the ability to just press or highlight a word for its definition. When that fails, I usually hear in my head, what does that mean in the voice of Bad Robot Productions? Today we have a series of interwoven interviews from Jenna Waller of On Earth Peace, focused on the word forbearance. Since you are listening and can't press for a definition, I'll look it up for you. Oh, it's one of those words. Forbearance is the act of forbearing, or the quality of being forbearing. Yeah, helpful, isn't it? Let me try again. Forbearing. Definition number one. To hold back. To abstain. 
I have forborne from taking part in any controversy, said Abraham Lincoln. Or, perhaps better for this podcast, to control oneself when provoked, to be patient. Well, that's better. Jenna explores some of the Church of the Brethren statements that promote equality, including the one on forbearance, and those that seek to encourage us to better follow Jesus' teaching as she builds on the on-earth peace theme, No Longer Strangers. Like Dunker Punks, the Church of the Brethren holds Jesus' Sermon on the Mount at the center of our living. Therefore, these statements seek to bring our actions in line with his teachings, and with the challenges of 20th and 21st century living. You needn't be brethren to hear the relevance of these papers to our living, and if you are at all familiar with organized religion of late, you will hear the familiar indictment that our words and our living do not always match. Enjoy Jenna's definitions and her guests, who reflect on the challenges for 21st century Jesus followers. Hello, Dunker Punks. I am Jenna Walmer, the current Youth Peace Retreats intern at On Earth Peace. For this episode, we will be diving into On Earth Peace's theme for 2017. On Earth Peace has a long-standing tradition of having a radical presence in the Church of the Brethren, being the organization that bolsters the Church's peace stance and promotes other ideas on equality and social justice issues as well. This year, On Earth Peace's theme is Being Built Together. Their theme scripture is Ephesians 2, 19-22, which states, Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of His household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, with Christ Jesus Himself as the chief cornerstone. In Him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in Him, you two are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by His Spirit. Throughout the decades, On Earth Peace has wrestled with many topics of the day, from war, to equality of women, to biblical authority, to human sexuality, to abortion, to end-of-life decision-making, and many others. No matter what or how challenging the topic, one thing has remained constant and clear. How we are to love and live together in the midst of genuine differences of any of these topics. This year, On Earth Peace is lifting up the common thread of forbearance in our governing statements as a key marker of our faith. How we diverse brethren are built together in unity for continuing the work of Jesus. The On Earth Peace staff have explored multiple Church of the Brethren statements in relationship to forbearance, and when interviewing staff, interns, and board members, different statements of importance were brought up. When discussing current issues, it is interesting and important to see where the Church of the Brethren's history lies. Jordan Bless, former board chair for On Earth Peace, discusses the prophetic nature of the Church of the Brethren statements. And one of the things that I've always been pleasantly surprised by in our history, particularly pre-2000, I'd say, and maybe even pre-2005, has been our 
our ability as a denomination to actually speak rather prophetically on a wide range of issues and to look at look at the things that the statements actually call individuals and congregations to. So whether that's you know going all the way back to the 1975 statement on criminal justice reform, right, which the U.S. Congress is just now getting around to doing things that we were calling for in 1975, uh, or 1970, the resolution on equality for women, which we as a country still haven't gotten around to fulfilling some of the things that that, that statement calls for, like the Equal Rights Amendment. And 1963, the time is now to heal our racial brokenness and some of the things that that, that speaks to. That, that, in, that in those times and in those places, um, we were willing and able as a denomination to speak prophetically to issues of our time. And then it also makes me concerned about whether or not we as a denomination are still, are still willing to do that. With statements, considering tolerance when in disagreement is essential to the topic of forbearance. Bill Scherer, Executive Director of On Earth Peace, discusses the nature of statements and its relation to On Earth Peace. They really have to do with the larger question of dividing over topic or unifying over relationship. And in On Earth Peace, one of the many lenses and frameworks we use is a trip analysis. It's an acronym for topic, relationship, identity, and process. And so each of those in their own way about very different topics, they go to the fundamental question, are, are we gathering around um, core group decisions over particular topics? Or are we gathering as a body around a core group commitment to being in relationship with each other in continuing the work of Jesus, um, even in the midst of our differences uh, over any particular topic? Many Church of the Brethren statements address the topic of forbearance. Marie Benner Rhodes, Youth and Young Adult Peace Formation Program Director, has felt particularly drawn to the 2007 statement, Separate No More, Becoming a Multi-Ethnic Church. The 2007 paper on becoming a multi-ethnic church is based off of Revelation 7, 9, statement of every nation, tribe, people, and language, stressing the importance of inclusivity. This paper pulls from earlier statements of the Church of the Brethren, drawing from the importance of our history. It stresses that the 1835 annual meeting instructed us to make no difference on account of color, and the 1991 annual conference emphasizes that we may be able to move towards becoming a denomination that is more representative of the whole family of God. This paper from 2007 was brought to annual conference from the Atlantic Southeast District asking the church to take action to bring us into a church that fulfills the vision of a church from every nation, tribe, people, and language. Benna Rhodes speaks on why this paper is important to her and her work. Separate No More, one of the things that it calls us to do is to consider our own um, privilege and our own confidence when it comes 
comes to understanding race and racism. And I think as white people and part of white institutions, it's really important to do that work. And um, the Separate No More paper really gives us a guide for how that work can be done at very different levels, at the denominational level, and the agency level, at the district, congregational, and personal levels. And um, I think if this paper was really lived into, we would have a very strong framework for um, dismantling racism in the church and actually addressing whiteness as white people, <laughs> um, owning our white privilege, acknowledging it, and changing it, like ceding power. Um, really beginning to look to people of color for accountability. Um, so it's a paper that gives me a lot of hope, um, even though um, it's not fully used the way it might be able to be. The Separate No More paper shows how the Church of the Brethren is an inclusive church, working to bring together every nation, tribe, people, and language. Benna Rhodes speaks on how her work as a staff member with On Earth Peace connects to this statement of the Church of the Brethren. In the formation of the anti-racism transformation team, I was part of the group that called forth that team and designed that team. Um, and to be able to do that with a really strong mandate from the Church of the Brethren um, feels important as an agency. It, it feels important as an agency to really examine um, what ways our privilege as a white organization and a white church um, keeps us white. And, and when we have a desire to be multi-ethnic, multi-racial, multicultural, there's a lot of work to do. And a lot of that work starts with admitting like where you are on the journey and then stepping courageously into changing that. And to listening to voices that were silenced before, um, it, it allows us a pathway to change, and I'm excited about the journey we're on, um, even as we continue to learn and continue to mess up, and um, I think it makes us a stronger agency uh, and organization, but, but a stronger agency for the Church of the Brethren to be showing humbly a journey in front of a, of a denomination that sometimes is not ready for us to be on that journey yet, but is connected with us. Bless reflects on how the church is living into different statements, such as this separate No More paper. I think the biggest challenge with our statements is that we pass them and then never look at them again. Right. Um, so I, I wonder, you know, what it, what it would mean if we spent some time assessing, you know, how well we've lived into um, you know, even the 2007 multi-ethnic statement, but if you want to go back farther, um, you know, how well have we as a denomination lived into our 1970 resolution on equality for women, um, or justice and nonviolence, or even um, more recently, um, you look at the 1991 statement creation called the CARE, um, and our inability to you know, pass any other kind of environmental, environmentally related statement on the annual conference floor related to climate change. Um, 
I would argue, suggests we're not really doing a horribly good job of living into what that what that statement calls us to. Um, so I mean, that's that's by far by far the biggest the biggest challenge, I think. Uh, there should not be a need for annual conference to unequivocally state its support of Black Lives Matter. Right? Theoretically, that should fit within the 2007 multi-ethnic statement where it calls congregations to become informed about the conditions of life for ethnic and racial minorities um, so that when inequities are uncovered, they can make those strong commitments. Um, to local organizations working on those issues, right? That seems like a no-brainer. Um, but I would, I would wager that the vast majority of our congregations and even voting members of annual conference have no idea that language exists in a past annual conference statement. Continuing with the idea of inclusivity, Lamar Gibson, Development Director for On Earth Peace, turns to the 1986 statement on making the connection. This paper addresses in the interconnectedness of one group to another and how we are, as John 19.23 states, a tunic without a seam woven from top to bottom. This paper epitomizes a current buzzword, intersectionality, as Gibson pointed out in our interview. Gibson points out the strengths and weaknesses of this paper in the Church of the Brethren. Um, another good way um, that I see the church living into this statement, um, or living up to the statement, um, is through the work of another Brethren pastor that I met in North Carolina, who is um, working to. Um, their congregation was a it was a planned church. Um, I think maybe in the seventies and. Um, in the eastern part of North Carolina, and it's always been a small congregation that is whose members have been involved in peace issues across the state since its um, founding. After that, um, or more recently, this congregation just sort of organically has expanded its involvement in racial justice issues and healthcare issues for people across North Carolina, um, and so being able to see past, you know, just the peace and anti-war parts of our calling to the active, like, local ways that we can live into this. And I think um, just from my short time connecting to the church, um, I see the challenges um, in living up to this um, just as I see them in my own denomination and as I see them like in other denominations around the country, big and small, um, our national politics have, uh, the church politics are mirroring that of their national politics at times. And people forget, I think, that we're not called to be in lockstep agreement. We're not called to all, you know, feel and think the same things. Uh, we are called to love one another and be in community and in communion with each other throughout the process. And our national politics does not call us to do that. Um, 
Some people say we're all Americans, um, but they will never step across their party line. And saying we're all Christians means that we are all Christians, like we're all Christ followers and trying to live up to that example. Um, that's the challenge of living into this. Um, I think we can be our political selves as long as Christ is first in those things. And if Christ is first in our politics and we don't land on the same page, we've started in the same place. And that means I think that we can be together. We can hold each other closer than, you know, random strangers on the street. Um, and the church has a history of um, working through disagreements, but also working with disagreements. And so for every thing that we may want to disconnect from each other with or over, I think we can find a call to be together on as well. Gibson makes the point that with everything, there can be disagreement. However, it is important to love one another through the process, as we are called to do. He draws a strong connection of this paper to his work with On Earth Peace, emphasizing the various work the organization does with its commitment to peace and justice. In my work for On Earth Peace, um, I have to speak to everyone who likes some part of On Earth Peace's work. Um, and I have to do that at a time where OEP has undergone its own internal changes. And so the commitment to anti-racism, the commitment to um, working with groups at Standing Rock, working with people in Flint, Michigan. Um, and so holding on to the Brethren heritage of peace and anti-militarism and stopping uh, kids from being recruited to the military, for example, but also working to be allied with movements for justice. So peace is not just this passive, we aren't confrontational thing. Uh, sometimes in the struggle for justice, we, we find ourselves having to boldly stand against forces of injustice. And um, mm -hmm. it's difficult. Um, it's difficult sometimes when our experiences have been limited to one particular thing. Brian Hanger, Congregational Peace and Justice organizer in turn, digs into the civil rights history of the Church of the Brethren and discusses the 1963 resolution, The Time is Now to Heal Our Racial Brokenness. This paper shows that the Church started taking steps towards racial reconciliation in 1963. Relating to Benner Rhodes' comments, this shows that the work of the church in the past is ever important in the current church in relating to a multi-ethnic church. Hanger discusses why this paper is still relevant today, over 50 years later. The statement had the endorsement of the Standing Committee, and uh, Eugene Linker, a Virginia pastor, put in submitting Standing Committee's recommendation, it is not quite correct to say that the time is now. The time is late. And I just love that. And especially since the time is still really late <laughs> and we still haven't done the things that are talked about in this paper. Um, but I just love getting that glimpse into that moment of 
even then there were people who were as great as the paper was were like let's not pat ourselves on the back um we should have done this a long time ago and we need to get to work on it now this is the time is now to heal every broken race relationship and every segregated institution in our society every church every public accommodation every place of employment every neighborhood and every school our goal must be nothing less than an integrated church and an integrated community and so there's space within that statement for the washington office to do a lot of work there's space for pastors to do a lot of work there's space for mothers there's space for everyone to to, to get in where they fit in and 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 really really change things and that's that's kind of why I, I like statements like that where it embraces the political element of things but it doesn't it's not a strictly political um, statement the last statement of discussion for this podcast is the 1979 statement on biblical inspiration and authority this statement shows how there is diversity in the church of the brethren on biblical interpretation and biblical authority however we are to tolerate one another through our differences Scherer discusses this statement's importance in the church. I'm really interested in the 1979 statement on biblical authority, and because of the way that it embodied the fact that we really have very different approaches to the Bible within the church, even though we all accept the Bible as a shared authority, and the statement itself reflected that. I also find it interesting that I have encountered many people in the Church of the Brethren who don't seem to reflect an awareness that the statement embodies that and that we actually embrace the fact that we have these differences. This statement on biblical authority exemplifies forbearance at the root of our denomination and our beliefs on scripture. Scherer concludes his thoughts with emphasizing how the revival of forbearance is necessary in our church. At some, I mean, at some point along the way, powerful and beautiful words become dirty words to be avoided. And in our general culture, peace can be a word like that. In the Brethren culture, forbearance, ironically, has become a word like that. Um, it's sometimes used perceived to be used by liberals as a club against conservatives, you know, to hit over the head. And I I appreciate that I appreciate people sharing that experience. Um, but it's become like a dirty word that in the minds of many equates license, equates anything goes. And it's not that at all. It's it states quite clearly in our statements on forbearance that forbearance does not mean that you agree with people. What it does mean is that you are committed to listening and patience and love and committed to not demeaning or disenfranchising people. So part of what we're trying to do coming through a side door is, is scrub the tarnish off the word forbearance, which to me is one of the signatures of the Brethren Way of Disciples. One of the things that I often share in leadership meetings is that Jesus doesn't need another American evangelical denomination. 
He's already got plenty of evidence. And on the other hand, Jesus doesn't need another liberal mainline Protestant denomination. He's already got plenty of those too. What he has precious little of is a denomination that commits to honestly recognizing differences within the body and staying together with each other and continuing the work of Jesus within the body in the midst of those differences, lovingly, patiently, and expectantly. And one of the ways we're trying to revive forbearance and get it to be a word that people are willing to embrace again, people on all sides are willing to embrace, is um, to remind people that it's, it's a signature mark of brethren discipleship, and I would go so far as to say it's part of our distinctive savor, and if we lose that savor, we're like salt that has lost our savor. We don't have a particular reason for being that another denomination on the landscape of a painfully divided church and a, a deeply polarized and almost violently divided society. I think that the brethren really have something to offer in such a time as this. If we return to that root and embrace it together, again, on all sides. Um, and part of the work on our thesis trying to do in the denomination this year is to clearly elucidate and lift up that choice so that the church can make that choice with our eyes open. We get to choose this day how we will serve. Um, either by gathering around doctrines or by gathering around relationship, accepting each other as brother and sister disciples of Jesus. Let us not lose our saltiness or our diversity in the Church of the Brethren. However, let us learn from our differences and love one another through our differences. Let forbearance not be a dirty word, but a revitalized buzzword by showing compassion to our brothers and sisters around us. Let us discern our past statements and work towards how they are being lived into and could be lived into the current issues of the church today. Let us seek loving relationships as followers of Jesus. Forbearance is rooted in the Church of the Brethren and is interwoven in many previous statements. Let us work towards a more tolerant and loving community in the Church of the Brethren when faced with adversity. for those of us who strive to live with integrity while following the teachings of Jesus. In various episodes of this podcast, you have heard the challenges to look for our own racial biases or to see where our own gender preferences mask our ability to see those who are different, to listen before speaking to those across the aisle from us politically, and to live aware and compatible to the natural world, leaving no footprint or at least no damage. How can we live with the integrity we desire when so many challenges exist? Well, you've already begun if you've listened this far into today's episode, because listening and learning are two of the first steps. 
Listening is so important to the work of matching our living to our words, I challenge you to do two listening exercises. I realize you just are listening to this podcast. But the first is to pay attention. And you can, if you prefer, you can watch a video on active listening at www.mindtools.com. But the major steps to paying attention to someone is to give them your undivided attention. Ignore distractions, make eye contact, and perhaps most of all, put your own thoughts on hold. Then you can show your listening by nodding and repeating back their words or paraphrasing what they've expressed. And you can ask questions, but don't formulate your questions until you have first listened. So that's your first challenge. Pay attention to someone. Practice so that you are ready to pay attention to someone who is different. Then the second challenge relates more to your walk with Jesus as a dunker punk. And that is, pay attention to what you say. Yeah, listen to what you advocate in the next serious discussion you have. Then, make your own recommendations your challenge for the week ahead. So, yeah, listen to yourself and see if your actions match your words. It is when we are living our talk, or walking our talk, some would say, and listening to others talk, that we find that the other is no longer a stranger. I think that listening will be our first step in forbearing, but I'll let you decide. Blessings to you, Dunker Punks, and thanks for listening to this podcast again. We want to thank Jenna and Bill and everyone at On Earth Peace for another great episode. May God comfort the disturbed and disturb us when we get too comfortable. Until next time. The Dunker Punks podcast is produced by the Arlington Church of the Brethren and the Dunker Punks podcast team. I'm your host, Nancy Fitzgerald, the pastor. Thank you to Suzanne Lay, our producer, and Jacob Krauss, the talented musician and songwriter who also edited the audio this week. In our next episode, we will hear from Emmett Eldred, the face behind DunkerPunks.com. Thank you to all our listeners. You make the Dunker Punk community thrive.